Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'na bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'ah. Allahumme erinal hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'ah ve erinal batula batulan وَارْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابَهُ رَبِّ اِشْرَحْ لِسَادْرِي وَيَسْرِ لِأَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقُدَةَ مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi-üz-Zaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.com Org. As a reminder, a rough translation of the text that we will be reading will be posted at this website, inshallah. You need to go to uh, flashes, the 25th flash, and scroll down to the sections that we will be reading, which will be, inshallah, the 18th remedy, and if we have time, the 19th remedy as well. We have been reading the 25th flash, which is about how to make the best out of sickness and, more broadly, tribulations. We read through 18 remedies, and Ustad Nursi calls each of the small sections of this treatise a remedy. And today we will continue from the 18th. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. On 8. Deva, 18th remedy. Ey şükrü bırakıp şekvaya giren hasta. Oh, the sick person who gives up gratitude and slides into complaint. Each of these remedies starts with an address like this, and in this one, Ustad Nursi chose a sick person who gives up gratitude and slides into complaint. This can also indicate that complaint and gratitude are opposites. You cannot be in a state of complaint and then in a state of gratitude at the same time. Uh, you can be complaining about the events of the world, about the world to God, and you may be taking refuge in God, and therefore, you can still have an opportunity to, to show gratitude to God, but, but a purer state of gratitude requires complete gratitude without complaint. It requires contentment with your Lord. Gratitude, when it is an outpouring of the contentment that you have with your Lord, is pure and sincere. And, and most acceptable. When there is that element of complaint going on in the background, well, it is going to cause some fuzziness in the, in the purity, in the sincerity of your gratitude. So we don't want that. We want to, to reach that state in which our hearts are content with our Lord, knowing that all that comes to us, good or bad, is from Him. Another point that might be worth highlighting here is that in this remedy and in all the previous remedies and in the entire Risale-i Nur, Ustad Nursi always addresses himself. When he wrote these treaties, he was sick. One of the reasons that his works have been so successful in terms of their reception is because he was addressing them to his own self. That is an indication of sincerity. So here Ustad Nursi is addressing himself, oh, the sick person who gives up gratitude and slides into complaint, but the 
etiquette of listening to these treatises, the etiquette of listening to Ustad Nursi's works and all works, the Quran, all works, is that we listen to it as if it is being addressed to us directly. Therefore, we put our lower soul in the in the position of the addressee as we listen to these. And then we say, oh, the sick person who gives up gratitude and slides into complaint. Şekva bir haktan gelir. Senin bir hakkın zayi olmamış ki şekva ediyorsun. Belki senin üstünde hak olan çok şükürler var yapmadın. Cenabı Hakk'ın hakkını vermeden haksız bir surette hak istiyorsun gibi şekva ediyorsun. Complaint arises from a right. You have not lost a right to complain. That's how it happens. We sometimes are entitled to things. We have a right to something and people don't give us our right. People don't give us what we are entitled to and therefore we have the right to complain. That is how things work. Now, if we are complaining about sickness, does that mean that we are entitled to health? If you think deeply about it, the answer is obviously no. We did not do anything to earn health. We did not work for it. We did not pay for it. We did not even sometimes ask for it. We did not raise our hands and supplicate to our Lord because we were heedless about it. We were assuming that it is a white noise in the background that is a natural part of our life. We were not even recognizing that we had health and now we are recognizing it. But even before that, what right do we have to anything before our Lord? We were nothing. He created us from nothing. He gave us our existence. He gave us a body. He gave us our soul. He gave us intellect. He gave us health. He gave us the organs of our body. He gave us the functions that we are able to fulfill. He gave it all, all of it to us. We did not do anything in order to earn any of this. Therefore, there can be no claim to anything before our Lord, including health. We have not lost a right. Therefore, we are not in a position to complain. In fact, there were many occasions of gratitude that were incumbent upon you and you have not fulfilled them. Well, in return for all of these things that we received from our Lord, he asks for gratitude. Have we done that? Have we fulfilled the duty of gratitude, which is our Lord's right upon us, completely, as due? And then we are turning around and saying, okay, I was entitled to that and I did not receive it. I'm, I'm in a state of complaint now. No. What is incumbent upon us is gratitude. And we are all failing. We have all failed to fulfill that right as due because we cannot count the blessings of our Lord on us. If we cannot count them, how can we how can we pay the due gratitude for them? That is where we are. And that is how we need to address our lower soul. You have nothing to claim. You have no right to anything. You are not entitled to anything. The one thing that is upon you is this responsibility, this duty, this right that your Lord has upon you to show gratitude and you have not fulfilled it.
you are complaining as if you are unfairly demanding a right without first fulfilling the right that is due to the sublime real, to God. What a state is that? We should really be ashamed. This is how we should address our Lord. So you should really be ashamed. This is not how you should be behaving. You should pull yourself together. You should think about reality as reality is. Sen kendinden yukarı mertebelerdeki sıhhatli olanlara bakıp şekva edemezsin. Belki sen kendinden sıhhat noktasında aşağı derecelerde bulunan biçare hastalara bakıp şükretmekle mükellefsin. You shall not complain looking at those who are healthier than you. In fact, you are accountable for looking at the helpless sick people whose health is worse than yours. Why shall you not complain looking at those who are healthier than you? Because if you do so, that would again mean a claim to an entitlement. So-and-so has health, therefore I should also have health. This is not the foundation for entitlement. This is envy, this is jealousy, and this is a trick of our minds, a trick of our lower souls, and perhaps a trick of Satan. That person has health because God gave it to him, and God distributes his property however he wants. It is all his. Health was not a zero-sum product that we were all entitled to and we are now sharing. Health is not a cake that we slice into equal pieces to share. No, it is a blessing from our Lord. He gives it to whoever he wants to, and he, he withholds it from whoever he wants to. It is all his. You shall not complain looking at those who are healthier than you. In fact, you are accountable for looking at the helpless sick people because you are sharing the quality of being human with them. You are supposed to have compassion. You are supposed to have mercy for them. And also, you are supposed to treat your lower soul in a way that it does not fall into these tricks and traps of entitlement. And that happens when you look at those who have less health than you. You are accountable for looking at the helpless sick people whose health is worse than yours, so that you can cultivate gratitude. If it is not naturally coming out, if you, if you are not in a state of contentment, which is a station to be attained, you should cultivate it. You should work toward it. This is your responsibility. This is what you are supposed to do now. Senin elin kırık ise kesilmiş ellere bak. Bir gözün yoksa iki gözde olmayan amalara bak. Allah'a şükret. If your hand is broken, look at those whose hand is cut off. If you do not have one eye, look at the blind ones who have lost both eyes. Show gratitude to God. That is the norm. Show gratitude to God. Under all circumstances, look for occasions, look for reasons, look for opportunities to show gratitude to God. That is what you are responsible for doing. Evet, nimette kendinden yukarıya bakıp şekva etmeye hiç kimsenin hakkı yoktur. Yes, nobody has the right to look at those who are above them in blessings and complain. Ve musibette herkesin hakkı kendinden musibet noktasında daha yukarı olanlara bakmaktır ki şükretsin.
And when it comes to tribulations, everybody is right and also responsibility is to look at those who are worse off in tribulations so that they would show gratitude. Bu sır bazı risalelerde bir temsile izah edilmiş icmali şudur. This secret, this principle, is explained in some treatises with an allegory, an allegorical story. A summary is as follows. Bir zat, bir bir çareyi, bir minarenin başına çıkarıyor. Minarenin her basamağında ayrı ayrı birer ihsan, birer hediye veriyor. Tam minarenin başında da en büyük bir hediyeyi veriyor. O mütenevi hediyelere karşı ondan teşekkür ve minnettarlık istediği halde o hırçın adam bütün o basamaklarda gördüğü hediyeleri unutup veyahut hiçe sayıp şükretmeyerek yukarıya bakar. Keşke bu minare daha uzun olsaydı, daha yukarıya çıksaydım. Niçin o dağ gibi veyahut öteki minare gibi çok yüksek değil deyip şek- şekvaya başlarsa ne kadar bir küfranı nimettir, bir haksızlıktır. Now this is the story. Once a person takes a helpless man to the top of a minaret, a tower. He bestows him with a separate favor, gives him a different gift at each step of the minaret. So the person is climbing and each time he takes a step and climbs one step, here is a gift, here is a favor, here is a blessing. Fill your arms. Here are all the things that I'm going to shower you with. I'm showering you with my blessings. Then he, the the person who is taking that helpless man to the top of the minaret, gives the biggest gift exactly on top of the minaret. Right at top of the minaret, gives the biggest gift. Although he asks for thanks and a sense of indebtedness in return for those various gifts. So the one thing that he, that he asks for in return for those gifts is a sense of indebtedness and thanks. Although this is the case, what a denial of blessings and how unfair it would be if that ill-tempered man, the helpless person, forgets about all the gifts he received on each of those steps, does not show gratitude, looks up and starts complaining. If only this minaret was taller and I climbed higher. Why is it not high like that mountain or like that other minaret that I see in the horizon? At the other end of the street, there is another minaret that is higher. I was not seeing it before, but now that I'm on top, I see it. If only I had, you know, longer way to go up, if I had a longer minaret to climb and I got that. If only this minaret was tall like that mountain. He does not look at all that he had already received and he is holding in his hands but looks at those that other people are holding in their hands and as if he is entitled to anything, he starts complaining. What would we, what, what is that? What a denial of blessings that would be. What ingratitude that would be. Öyle de bir insan hiçlikten vücuda gelip, taş olmayarak, ağaç olmayıp, Hayvan kalmayarak, insan olup, Müslüman olarak çok zaman sıhhat ve afiyet görüp yüksek bir derece nimet kazandığı halde bazı arızalarla sıhhat ve afiyet gibi bazı nimetlere layık olmadığı veya su-i ihtiyarıyla veya su-i istimaliyle elinden kaçırdığı veyahut eli yetişmediği için şekva etmek, sabırsızlık göstermek aman ne yaptım böyle başıma geldi diye rububiyeti ilahiyeyi tenkit etmek gibi bir halet maddi hastalıktan daha musibetli manevi bir hastalıktır. Kırılmış elle dövüşmek gibi şikayetiyle hastalığını 
ziyadeleştirir. In the same way. So that was the story and this is the reality of it. In the same way. Although a human being is brought from non-existence into existence, becomes not a stone, not a tree, not an animal, but a human being, experiences much health and well-being while a Muslim in a state of Islam, and acquires such a high level of blessings, if, after all of this, after all of these blessings, you are not a rock, you are not a tree, you are not an animal, you are a human being. Moreover, you are a believer. That is the greatest of blessings. You are a believer. If he complains under that state, if he complains, shows impatience, and puts himself in a situation that is like casting us Persians on the divine lordship, saying, so what did I do to deserve this? Upon losing or not being able to attain some blessings such as health and well-being because he does not deserve them or because of his own bad choices or bad actions, that is a metaphysical sickness. If he does not show gratitude but complains like this, although he lost it perhaps because he does not deserve it or because his of his bad choices, like you, uh, it was cold outside, you went out without wearing proper clothing and you got a cold. And that was your choice, right? Because of his bad choice or because he does not believe it. If he complains, that is a metaphysical sickness that contains a tribulation worse than the material sickness. Yes, there is the material sickness. Yes, that is a tribulation. But what is the real tribulation? What is this world? This world is the cultivating field of, field of the hereafter. We are here to acquire things. If we behave in the way we are supposed to, if we are worshipful slaves of our Lord and we realize, we actualize that state in our actions, then we acquire good deeds, we earn our Lord's pleasure, we are inshallah destined for paradise, right? But, but if we do not do that, if we complain, if we do not fulfill our responsibilities, where do we go? What is the real tribulation? Losing the contentment of our Lord is the real tribulation. And our Lord asks for gratitude in, in, in return for his blessings. Therefore, this is the path to earning his contentment. This is the path to earning his contentment. Like fighting with a broken hand, he increases his sickness with his complaint. So imagine a person who is in a fight, but he has a broken hand. He keeps hitting with the broken hand. Who is going to hurt more? The person who is being hit, sickness, or the person who is hitting? That is our state. We have broken hands. The more we complain, the more we are hitting with a broken hand and the more we are hurting ourselves. Gratitude increases blessings. That's what our Lord, our Lord told us. He said, if you show gratitude, I'm going to increase blessings. Complaint is the opposite of gratitude. Therefore, if you keep complaining, you put yourself in a worse and worse situation. You keep going down the rabbit hole. Don't do that. Akil Odurki Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. الذين إذا أصابتهم مصيبة قالوا إن لله وإن إليه راجعون.
sırrıyla teslim olup sabretsin ta o hastalık vazifesini bitirsin gitsin. The intellect entails that he submits and shows patience with the secret of الذين إذا أصابتهم مصيبة قالوا إن لله وإن إليه راجعون. True intellect is that when it is in a state of calamity or tribulation, right? As the verse says, the Quranic verse. This is uh, chapter two, Surah Al-Baqarah, and verse one fifty-six. Those who say, when afflicted with calamity. We belong to God and to Him we shall return. That is, the, what, that is what true intellect does. That is what intellect that has not been corrupted, that sees reality as reality is and grasps what is demanded by the situation does. It says, we belong to God and to Him we shall return. So that the sickness finishes its duty and leaves. You want the sickness to leave? Well, the sickness is here to fulfill a duty. Do you, do you want it to leave before it's, it fulfills its duty? It won't. It is a slave of God too. The sickness is a slave of God too. And it is an obedient slave of God. It is not like a human being who has partial human will. It is only the human beings who, and, and, and the jinn who have this partial will, which makes them sometimes to choose bad things over good things. Sickness will not do it. It does not have will. It just fulfills its function. It just fulfills its responsibility and that is what it is doing and and one aspect of that duty is for you to learn your lesson when you learn your lesson and therefore the sickness fulfills its duty unless it has other duties that might be the case too but one of them one of those duties is almost always that you learn your lesson then it will leave if you have true intellect, you see this and you say, we belong to God and to him we shall return. You find contentment in your heart and you show gratitude to your Lord. 19. Deva, 19th Remedy Cemil-i Zülcelal'in bütün isimleri Esma-ül Hüsna tabiri samedanesiyle gösteriyor ki, güzeldirler. As the expression of the beautiful names Esma-ül Hüsna, right? We... Uh, God has 99 names that are mentioned in the Quran and then beyond that God has innumerable names and we refer to them as Esma'ul Husna. God said this in the Quran too. God referred to his names as Esma'ul Husna. As the expression of the beautiful names, Esma'ullahul Husna, that becomes the eternally besought one. So this expression becomes the eternally besought one. Samad is the word that we are uh, translating here and it's a difficult word to translate. It means one who needs nothing and everybody is in need of and many of God's essential attributes that we know of and that are taught in our books of creed are derived from this name. It is one of the most beautiful names of God and the reference to God's names as the beautiful names becomes Al-Samad becomes the eternally besought one. As the expression of the beautiful names that becomes the eternally besought one shows, all of the names of the beautiful one of majesty are beautiful. All of God's names are beautiful. Now, some of God's names are majestic, some of them are beautiful, and some of them reflect perfection. Sometimes one might think of God's majestic names as perhaps not beautiful because we named the other ones as beautiful. For instance, the name Al-Qahar, the overpowering. It is so mighty, so powerful, so 
as the name indicates overpowering we may not perhaps think of it as beautiful right but that's a mistake that's a mistake all of god's names are beautiful so this is a classification within the larger category of beautiful names that we make how is it beautiful well sometimes there are people who need to be overpowered sometimes there are forces in in nature that we face and they need to be overpowered if we did not think of god as the overpowerer how could we take refuge in him when we, we we are faced let's say with an earthquake or a very destructive hurricane right all of god's names are beautiful mevcudat içinde en latif en güzel en cami ayine-i samediyette hayattır then the most subtle most beautiful and most comprehensive mirror of eternal besottedness samediyet among existent beings is life life is a secret life is a key to many treasures it opens the gates of or the, the the locks of those treasures and opens them up and therefore shows many beauties and therefore it compiles all those gathers all those beauties together and therefore it is the most subtle most beautiful and most comprehensive mirror of eternal besottedness everybody needs him he needs nothing but everybody needs him güzelin aynesi güzeldir güzelin mehasinlerini gösteren ayine güzelleşir o aynenin başına o güzelden ne gelse güzel olduğu gibi hayatın başına dahi ne gelse hakikat noktasında güzeldir the mirror of that which is beautiful is beautiful if you you know put a mirror is neutral it shows what you put before it but if you put a beautiful thing in front of the mirror you see the beautiful thing in the mirror and you say yeah this is a beautiful mirror i mean the the, the image that i am seeing on this mirror is beautiful the mirror of that which is beautiful is beautiful the mirror that shows the beauty of excellence of the beautiful one becomes beautiful remember we said life is a mirror so if it shows something beautiful then it becomes beautiful the mirror that shows the beauty of excellence of the beautiful one becomes beautiful in the way that whatever comes from that beautiful one and happens to that mirror is beautiful whatever happens to life is beautiful from the point of view of reality remember we said life is a mirror and life is a mirror that reflects the names beautiful names of god if all those beautiful names are god and the reflection on life therefore is beautiful then whatever happens to life is beautiful this is from the point of view of reality we may see something else we may we may see something else from our particular personal point of view because we are not seeing the big picture in which beauty shines we may think that there, there is something ugly but that is because of us because of our limitedness because of our positionality in the view of reality from the point of view of reality as reality is from the point of view of that big picture all is beautiful reality is beautiful and life is a comprehensive mirror that reflects the names of god and therefore whatever whatever happens to life including death whatever happens to life including death is beautiful çünkü güzel olan o esmaül hüsnanın güzel nakışlarını gösterir because 
it shows the beautiful embroideries of those beautiful names that are beautiful. We had talked about this before. Stadnursi uses the word embroidery or engraving in a particular way. Everything that happens in this universe, in this sensory realm that we observe, is a manifestation of God's various names. And some of those names are more dominant on certain things than others. In the spring, for instance, when we look and we see everything coming to life, we, we see, almost physically see, the name Al-Hayy, the living, is dominant there. When we see that babies, chicks and babies are coming out of their eggs and their, the wombs of their mothers and their mothers are taking care of them, we see that the name Al-Rahman, the merciful, and Rahim, the mercy giver, is dominant. And then each of those names can can manifest on one thing or one species of things on various things at different degrees at di different levels for instance a, a rose flower is beautiful and then a tulip flower is beautiful and the differentiation in the in the beauties of these two flowers which both reflect manifest the name al jamil the beautiful Stadnursi calls that an embroidery so there will be increases and decreases there will be variations in the manifestation of various names and all those that happen to life throughout a person's span of life sometimes there will be times of constriction and sometimes there will be times of expense and comfort right all of those are different variations in the way different names manifest on that mirror of life and this is an opportunity for all those names to manifest in more detail with more intensity and therefore it is beautiful that's why the word embroidery or engraving is key here hayat daima sıhhat ve afiyette yeknesak gitse nakıs bir ayine olur belki bir cihette adem ve yokluğu ve hiçliği ihsas edip, edip sıkıntı verir hayatın kıymetini tenzil eder ömrün lezzetini sıkıntıya kalbeder if life remains monotonously in a state of health and well-being, so it's the only thing that's happening is health and well-being, health and well-being. The person experiences nothing, nothing but health and well-being. That mirror would be deficient. In fact, and in a sense, it makes non-existence, absence, and nothingness to be felt, reduces the value of life, and transforms the delight of life into boredom. Monotony is boring. If everything was going really well, a state of monotony would descend upon us and we would want change. We would want some distraction. We would some action. Monotony is inaction. Inaction is boring. Sometimes, yes, we have to face some difficulty. Like imagine people who exercise. You go out and start running. You run for half an hour, maybe 40 minutes, and it's difficult. You're exerting effort, but in that effort, in that exertion, there is pleasure. If you lie down on your back all day for 10 days, you will certainly want to get up. It is not rest anymore. Rest will start to, to, to wear you down. Çabuk vaktimi geçireceğim diye sıkıntıdan ya sefahete ya eğlenceye atılır. Out of boredom 
one throws himself either into dissipation or entertainment while trying to make time move fast because if you were to lie down on your back and rest for 10 days you would notice that time is not passing you would hear the tick of every second that's coming from the clock and the time between each tick would keep elongating in your mind hapis müddeti gibi kıymet dar ömrüne adavet edip çabuk öldürüp geçirmek istiyor the person feels enmity toward his life as a result of this like time served in prison imagine imagine a person serving time in prison three years how slow that time will pass three years passes as like a second when you are busy and running around and doing things and building things and perhaps like taking care of a child the child is growing up and you know you're busy you don't have a moment to sit down and rest or think about what's going on but if you're in prison nothing there's nothing to do what will you do other than being bored you will hate that time you will want that time to pass you will become an enemy to your life spent in that state in that place he feels enmity toward his life like time served in prison and wants to kill and let it pass fast so that's the expression that we have developed for this killing time why do you want to kill time time is the blessing that's given to you in this world so that you can cultivate your this this world as a field uh, that you want to harvest in the hereafter but if it is all in a, in that monotonous state if there's nothing to do if there's no action well you start to hate it you want to move away from it you want to kill time so that's what monotony does to a person out of boredom one throws himself into either into dissipation or entertainment why is there so much so much why is so much money being spent uh, for entertainment why are people spending so much of their time looking at screens and figuring out other ways of entertainment well they don't know the value of their life they cannot see the embroideries of beauty that is manifest on everything at all times our lord is in charge at all times he's constantly creating he's constantly changing things there is a constant there is there are constant variations of beauty everywhere in a person's life in a person's thoughts in a person's body out there in the creation on the trees on the firmament on animals in the air everywhere constantly there is action that that's happening and that action is beautiful beautiful for the one who can see the beauty in it but when we cannot do that we have to figure out artificial ways when we cannot get ourselves into action we have to find artificial ways to distract ourselves and that is where this these forms of dissipation and entertainment are coming from fakat tahavülde ve harekette ve ayrı ayrı tavırlar içinde yuvarlanmakta olan bir hayat kıymetini ihsas ediyor ömrün ehemmiyetini ve lezzetini bildiriyor meşakkatte ve musibette dahi olsa ömrün geçmesini istemiyor aman güneş batmadı ya gece bitmedi diye sıkıntısından of of etmiyor on the other hand life that revolves from state to state in transformations and action makes its value to be felt and causes the importance and delight of life to be known even in a state of difficulties and tribulations one does not want life to pass
So think about it. Even in a state of difficulties and tribulations, one does not want life to pass. Imagine yourself trying to finish a, a work. You are exerting effort. Again, that exertion, there is pleasure in that exertion. On the face of it, that's a difficult time of your life. But at the same time, you don't want time to pass because you want to finish. You actually want more time. You want to finish what you are doing. Uh, therefore, you want more time. He does not keep complaining, the person who is in that state of exertion. He does not keep complaining out of boredom, saying, Alas, the sun has not set, or the night is not finishing. Right? All this night I'm lying down here and doing nothing and it is not finished. Of course it's not going to finish. You are doing nothing. Time past doing nothing does not pass. Evet, gayet zengin ve işsiz. İstirahat döşeğinde her şeyi mükemmel bir efendiden sor. Ne haldesin? Elbette aman vakit geçmiyor. Gel bir şeşbeş oynayalım veyahut vakti geçirmek için bir eğlence bulalım gibi müteellimane sözleri ondan işiteceksin. Yes, ask a gentleman who is utmostly rich and idle. Resting in the lap of luxury in perfect possession of everything that he might need. How are you? Ask from him. Of course you will hear from him. Alas, time is not passing. Come, let's play around or back a month. Or let's find an entertainment to pass time. In countries where there is a high level of unemployment, where especially young men and women cannot find work, you will see that the coffee houses are going to be filled up. You will see people sitting there trying to pass time. What an odd expression. Passing time. We want to pass time. What an odd expression. They sit there and try to pass time. They try to figure out, okay, what can we now do in order to in order for time to pass so that we can get to the night and go to bed and sleep. So that we are we, we can be off of the weight of this nothingness. You will hear from that gentleman who has nothing to do, unless time is not passing, come let's play a round of backgammon or let's find an entertainment to pass time, as if, as if in a state of agony because that's a state of agony not having anything to do boredom is a state of agony veyahut tuli emelden gelen bu şeyi eksik keşke şu işi yapsaydım gibi şekvaları işiteceksin or or else you will hear complaints like i am missing this thing i don't have this thing if only i had done that which are expressions issuing from the extension of expectations beyond limits Tuli emel is the word that is used here. Extension of expectations beyond limits. Not putting our trust in God, not relying upon our Lord and thinking that we can plan everything you know, 10 years in advance. This person who has nothing to do, right? He will ask him and he say, I'm missing this. Because he does not know how to be grateful. He does not know the value of things that he has. He does not find contentment in his heart. And therefore, all he can focus on, all he can think about is what is not there, what is absent. His life is a collection of absences because he does not have the ability to see presences. Sen bir musibet zede veya işçi ve meşakkatli bir halde olan bir fakirden sor. Ne haldesin? Aklı başında ise diyecek ki, şükürler olsun Rabbime, iyiyim çalışıyorum. Keşke çabuk güneş gitmeseydi, bu işi de bitirseydim. Vakit çabuk geçiyor, ömür durmuyor, gidiyor. Vakka zahmet çekiyorum, fakat bu da geçer. 
her şey böyle çabuk geçiyor diye manen ömür ne kadar kıymetdar olduğunu geçmesindeki teessüfle bildiriyor. Ask a person, now this is the other way around. Ask a person struck by calamity, a worker or a poor person in hardship. How are you? If this person is sensible, if he has you know, intellect and place, he will say, abundant gratitude be to my Lord. I am fine. I am working. Because he knows. He knows that the alternative to this would be not working. That idleness would be idleness. And the, the outcome of idleness, one, boredom. And two, he's not going to be earning the things that he needs. The rich person who is rich and idle does not need anything. Therefore, he is not working toward them. But this person is, is, is aware of his needs and neediness. That's the other problem with the rich person. He's not aware of his needs and neediness and therefore he's not working toward them. That doesn't even come to his mind. But this person who is poor or calamity struck or uh, in, in hardship, right? He says, I'm good because I'm able to work. I'm working. If only the sun did not set so fast so that I could finish this task too. Time is passing fast. Life is not stopping but moving away. It is true that I am having hardship, but this too will pass. Everything is moving away fast like this. Everything is known by their opposites. The rich person who has never tasted work, labor, exertion, he cannot know the value of the rest that he is having. And therefore that rest turns into boredom and wears him down, becomes a burden. That's why Ustad Nursi says elsewhere, there is comfort in exertion and there is exertion in comfort. And with the regret he shows this person who is in hardship, who is in, you know, maybe calamity struck him, but is grateful. With the regret he shows in the face of the passage of time, he will inform you about the metaphysical value of life. He will inform you about the metaphysical value of life. Life is precious. Demek meşakkat ve çalışmakla ömrün lezzetini ve hayatın kıymetini anlıyor. İstirahat ve sıhhat ise ömrü acılaştırıyor ki geçmesini arzu ediyor. In that case, as a result of hardship and work, he understands the delight of living and the value of life. Rest and health, on the other hand, embitter the moments of life and make one desire their passage. If it is monotonous, like let's not misunderstand this we are not trying to say that you know comfort rest and health are bad what we are saying is if it were all rest if it were all health if there was no variation there was no embroidery then it would become monotonous it would become boring it would become burdensome rest and health on the other hand embittered moments of life and make one desire their passage a hasta kardeş oh a sick brother. Bil ki başka risalelerde tafsilatıyla kat'i bir surette ispat edildiği gibi musibetlerin, şerlerin, hatta günahların aslı ve mayası Adem'dir. Know that as it is proven definitively in detail in some other treatises, non-existence is the origin and leavening of tribulations, evil and even sins. Non-existence. Non-existence is the origin and leavening of tribulations, evil, and even sins. Of course, this is a deep and important issue. We cannot go into detail here, but 
for those who are interested, for instance, read the 26th uh, word about Qadr, about predetermination and divine dec decree. The source of evil is non-existence. The source of tribulations is non-existence. A tribulation is the absence of welfare. Sickness is the absence of health. Sin is the absence of obedience. Adam ise şerdir, karanlıktır. Non-existence is evil, it is darkness. Yeknesak istirahat, sükut, sükunet, tevakkuf gibi haller Adem'e hiçliğe yakınlığı içindir ki Adem'deki karanlığı ihsas edip sıkıntı veriyor. Monotonous states such as rest, silence, stillness and stopping make the darkness in non-existence felt and give distress because of their closeness to non-existence and nothingness. That is what our souls, that is what our spirits feel. Our spirit feels in monotonous states a closeness to non-existence and that is the last thing that the spirit wants. All spirits, all souls want self-preservation, want eternity, want everlastingness. And when they come close to nothingness, when they come close to non-existence, they feel the burden, the weight of that and feel distress. We may not be able to articulate this in our thought process intellectually, but that is what is happening in the happening in the background with the spirit. Hareket ve tahavvül ise vücuttur, vücudu ihsas eder, vücut ise halis hayırdır, nurdur. As for action and transformation, it is existence. Action and transformation is existence. There is existence in action and transformation. Something is happening. It makes existence to be felt. So when a person is in action and transformation, things are happening, right? The soul, the spirit feels existence. As for existence, it is pure good. It is light. It is pure good, it is light, and therefore the spirit is drawn to it. The spirit feels comfort in it, feels expansion when it comes close to existence. Madem hakikat budur, sendeki hastalık kıymetler hayatı safileştirmek, kuvvetleştirmek, terakki ettirmek ve vücudundaki sair cihazat-ı insaniyeyi o hastalıklı uzvun etrafına muamele, tarane, müteveccih etmek, ve saniye hakimin ayrı ayrı isimlerinin akışlarını göstermek gibi çok vazifeler için o hastalık senin vücuduna misafir olarak gönderilmiştir. Now this is the really powerful part of this, this remedy. If this is the truth, i.e. if there is comfort in exertion and exertion in, in, in comfort, if uh, action and transformation is existence and that is what the spirit is drawn to, if this is the truth, if action and transformation, even if it is uh, in a state of exertion and perhaps hardship and difficulty, if that is a mirror to the beautiful names of God, and if life is felt in a state of transformation and, and action, because inanimate objects don't move. Where, wherever there is life, there is change, there is transformation, there is movement from state to state, there is movement from place to place. That is the, the characteristic of life. If life in all its states, be it healthy, be it wealthy, be it sick, be it poor and in hardship. If life in all its states is a mirror to the embroideries of the beautiful names of God. If this is the truth, then 
that sickness of yours is sent to your body as a guest to fulfill many duties such as purifying strengthening and improving your precious life directing other human faculties in your body to gathering around that sick organ with assistance and showing the embroideries of the all-wise artful makers distinct names so think about this imagery here sickness comes to the the house of your body as a guest when you have a guest of course you serve the guest and that means some level of exertion some difficulty some hardship you don't go about the in in your uh, normal way you don't do things the way you do when you don't have a guest for instance you don't go out uh, into the living room in your pajamas you now you put on some some clothing that is appropriate for, for your presence in front of foreigners in front of a guest you prepare food for the guest you you clean the house perhaps in advance to welcome the guest you try to make the guest comfortable right think about this imagery sickness as a guest that comes to your house of course there will be some exertion there will be some hardship but but guests come with the blessings that accompany them then you need to to and you want to welcome your guests well treat your guests well and acquire the blessings that come with hosting your guest inshallah chabuk gider. so that is what sickness is and that is what it is doing in your but inshallah god willing may it finish its duty fast and leave but but important thing is it needs to finish its duty first there are all these things that it is doing for you it needs to finish its duty first may it finish its duty fast and leave ve afiyete der ki gel sen gel benim yerimde daimi kal vazifeni gör buhane senindir afiyetle kal and may it address well-being saying now you come stay in my place continually and fulfill your function this is your home stay in a state of well-being so what we need to look forward to is for the sickness to finish its duty it won't go away it won't go away until it finishes its duty and the more we understand these realities that sickness is actually there to fulfill a duty and one aspect an important aspect of that duty is to manifest embroideries of the beautiful names of your lord right? the more we understand these things the faster it will fulfill its function and inshallah it will finish its duty and leave and inshallah it will address well-being afia in that that health and well-being saying now you come stay in my place continually and fulfill your function now health and well-being also have a function and that is not to lie down on our backs and rest that is not to go around the world in a destructive way no the the fee for a blessing is to show gratitude and to use it in the way it is meant to be used to make good out of it we want to make good out of sickness we want to make good out of health if you don't make good out of health that means we don't know its value it will be taken away if we don't know how to make good out of all the blessings that we have the comfort the norm that we were used to going about going around the world if we don't know 
the value of that and if you don't do good out of it and if you don't show gratitude it will be taken away and that's going to break the monotony there is good in that too important thing is everything has a function and sickness says to well-being as it is departing now you come stay in my place continually but the important thing here is now you fulfill your function this is your home that's the norm as long as you know what to do you are fulfilling your function you are paying the dues you are paying the rent this is your home stay in a state of well-being inshallah maybe reach that maybe overcome this pandemic this calamity that has that has struck the world and maybe reach that state and once we reach that state maybe all know the value of health and well-being and maybe all fulfill what is due upon us in return for those blessings inshallah finally it is Eid in a couple of days but these are strange times many of us will probably not be able to pray Eid prayer in in a mosque with the with the congregation see our relatives friends beloved ones but Eid is still Eid we still need to recognize the blessings in all that we have and we need to look forward to the real aid that is to come inshallah in the hereafter when we inshallah all gather together together in the presence of the prophet our beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam at the jannatul firdaus ala and enjoy enjoy a state of bliss forever uh, as an aid gift, I wanted to share a few stanzas from uh, Alvar Lefe. He is a poet, a, a, a man of God who lived in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. And this is a famous poem about, about aid by him. Can bula cananını bayram o bayram ola. Kul bula sultanını bayram o bayram ola. The soul finds its beloved, then aid becomes an aid. The slave finds his sultan, then aid becomes an aid. Hüznü keder def ola, dilde hijab ref ola, cümle günah af ola, bayram o bayram ola. Sorrow and grief are chased away, veil is lifted from the spirit. All sins are forgiven, then aid becomes an aid. Nur hidayet dola, dilde hidayet bula, nasırın Allah ola. Bayram o bayram olur. There fills the light of guidance, and the spirit finds guidance. God becomes your helper, then aid becomes an aid. May our aid be an aid. Aid Mubarak. Subhanaka la ilmalana illa ma allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir dawahum anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-fatiha.